When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by The Green Solution. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, topicals, or whatever else online, and then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. And even more, you can use code BSN20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. Had a rough night last night and I rebounded well. You're someone who usually gets like nice juicy long nights of sleep. At least seven hours, try to get eight. And I'm like a six or less type of guy during mm. training camp. Did we flip flop? We fl- you gave me your power <laughs> last night to have a great night's sleep. I went from ten thirty or so to six thirty this morning. It was fantastic. Oh man, that's the dream. I, re- I that felt like a lot. That's really only just your classic eight hours. Really, it really, it really is. You got a bonus thirty minutes. I thought, like, man, in my mind, I was like, this was the craziest long night sleep. You're ever. like, I just got fourteen hours of sleep. And Ryan, you gave me, you blessed me with your powers. I got two hours of sleep last <laughs> night. <laughs> two. Woke well, up at midnight. Up since midnight. And, and even. After saying that, you there's coffee here today, free coffee. <laughs> and you said, and I quote, it's too early for coffee. <laughs> Who says something like that? You got to say, coffee's, coffee's that, that afternoon treat for me. And so that that's what I said. You know, get the afternoon boost, get the afternoon bump, uh, get, get a little treat, look forward to it. And then uh, Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post said, you can just have one in the afternoon, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's me. You said it's your afternoon treat. For me, especially on keto, 
coffee is probably the best tasting thing that I have. So like for me, it's breakfast. It's a after lunch little like treat. It's um, an afternoon pick me up. Sometimes it's dessert. <laughs> I literally froze coffee. I froze coffee in a popsicle stick. And have that for dessert sometimes. <laughs> Is that when you go out to bars after? No, no. It's so small. If you think about okay. it, like this much coffee, like I'm showing Zach like a tiny little cup of coffee Very right small. now. Um, it would take like down to here, which oh, is like yeah. one fifth of it to fill up the little popsicle <laughs> yeah. stick. So it really doesn't do anything to me. Um, so, yeah. So you're certainly not one of those people that buys into the like no caffeine afternoon. No. God, no. If... <laughs> Like I said, I think I've said this on this podcast before. If I never discovered coffee, I would probably be living in my parents' basement right now, <laughs> working at, like, King Supers, um, and just trying to fight through each eight-hour day. I can't do anything. I'm useless without coffee. Well, just imagine, though, if you did live at your parents' house and you did work at King Supers, you'd probably get a pretty good deal on coffee. <laughs> and then with how much money you've saved by living at your parents' house, think about how much good coffee you could buy. But then, yeah, but then I would have to move <laughs> out because I would become more successful once I discovered it. Uh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced if I discovered coffee my freshman year of high school, <laughs> I could have gone to Harvard. You know what? And the hardest all- thing about high school for me was just staying awake. And you know what? You'll always have that because you can never, you can never prove that wrong. It's exactly right. So, you know, what? I believe in that. But I did go to the Harvard of the West. Oh, did you? University of Colorado. Yeah, no, that's that's the University of Denver. Actually, uh, there, right. there's a pretty funny joke. It, so I didn't go to, to DU my freshman year. I came sophomore year. But uh, people that were in my class, apparently, I don't know if it was told that every, what is it? Is, are they counselors when, when you're, like, there for orientation? Um, advisors. Advisors. Yeah, I don't know if they told all of the advisors to say this or if just a select few decide to say it, but... They, they were telling the class, welcome to the Harvard of the West. <laughs> so we, we always have that joke. All right. Well, I mean, I wonder, I've always wondered, like, how much harder good schools are. I wonder that, too. Was, school hard, was college hard for you? If you put the work in. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The only reason any school ever was hard for me is because I just tried to figure out how I can do the least <laughs> amount possible without failing. Well, they do say, and, and I... I I never buy I never use this theory, but I think it's always worked. Just work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. The last off-topic thing I want to talk <laughs> about here. Getting old is the weirdest thing. <laughs> I just, yesterday, just no, out of nowhere, in the middle of the day, I just somehow strained my calf. Wow. Like, it hurts a lot. <laughs> and I don't know how. Could it, I, I was, all I was here, I was just here. No golf? No, I'm just, I was here, <laughs> just walking around the practice field. I didn't feel it happen. And then all of a sudden, I was like, ow, why does my calf hurt so much? Maybe it was your joke on the TV. Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, Might have tensed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a little nervous right before it came out? I actually was a little nervous. <laughs> I didn't know if I was, a, you know, I thought of it as they were about to toss to me. I was like, oh, I'm going to make a pun. And I was like, wait, can I make a balls pun on television? Because it, it's not live, is it? It isn't live. like if you said something like way off, it they they, they, they could say, stop it. Yeah, yeah, okay, they would. okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I was like, wait, is I some like what if someone like says like stop, stop? You know, like <laughs> you can't do that on TV. This isn't your stupid podcast. <laughs> but in fact, it was the opposite. They used that as the first cut 
of the promo for the show. Wow. So I guess <laughs> I guess they uh, I guess that's why they asked me to be like if you ask me to be on something, you have to assume I'm gonna say something stupid. They want the juice. Yeah. They want the sizzle. Yeah. They, exactly. So that was funny. Well, how's your calf or calf? Yeah, my how's it ca- feeling it today? Hurts, man. Every time I take a step. You're injured. We're going to have to sideline you. I'm injury prone. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to a conversation we had before the show. But, Ryan, this, the mood that you and I are in makes me just want to fight you. Oh, yeah? It makes me want to fight you. Yep. Well, yep. that actually makes sense because you're low on sleep, and I'm hopped up on caffeine <laughs> right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that if I were you. So who would you take? Me or you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would take me. Because of size? No, just because of your sl- uh, sleep deprivation. Ah, I think you're okay. a little slow with okay. the Okay, with okay. So, so then today. who uh, who was sleep deprived yesterday? Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton? <sighs> it sure seemed like Emmanuel was the cranky one. Mm, it did. It did. So, and, and it did seem like Cortland Sutton was hop- hopped up on caffeine. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Man. So obviously you guys have probably heard a, a little bit about this by now. But yesterday during practice... Should we set the whole scene? Let's do it. Okay, let me start with saying that the offense was in a rhythm to start practice. They were rolling. Joe Flacco hitting everything. The the offensive line looked like a a bowling ball. It did. A bulldozer. Yes. Uh, uh, With a bowling dollar behind it. (laughs) Five bulldozers with bowling ball launchers. (laughs) And they were moving guys around. Three good runs in a row to start practice, which the defense knows they're going to run the ball to start practice. Yep. Still ran the ball well. Then, on the fourth play, Joe Flacco hit Emmanuel Sanders on the sideline, a nice 10 to 12 to 15-yard gain. Uh, Then, two more good runs. Yep. Then, Flacco hit Sutton. It was like a quick, a little quick play action slant. Hit Sutton. Sutton was off to the races. Yep. Next play, Emmanuel Sanders comes in motion behind behind Joe Flacco. They kind of run like a rollout to the right mm, side. Nice. Everyone goes right. Yep. Emmanuel Sanders all alone on the left side, throws it back, and Flacco sold it. Did you see how he yep. s- he let the pressure get to him yep. and then all of a sudden just Bradley flipped it Chubb up. was right in his face. Chubb's thinking, oh, my God, my 100th sack of training camp. And then he just flipped it out, and yep. Emmanuel Sanders had nothing but green in front of him. Which I don't know how you let Emmanuel Sanders be all alone. I don't either. On the very next play – Someone must have missed an assignment on the defense because Royce Freeman came out of the backfield uncovered, and Flacco just flipped it off to him, and he probably had 20-20. So we're talking about the by far the best start of training camp for the offense. Yes, on without it, the best stretch, but for the offense. And in my notebook, I was writing the observations. I was like, "Here we go!" Like, yep, gonna be that's gonna be the main story today. Offense dominates defense. On the very next snap, a flag, and it's funny because I don't know if everyone noticed this. Especially not those on the offense. The referee called offside on the defense. But all of the offense thought it was a false start. And so Philip Lindsay, Emmanuel Sanders, even Cor- they're all like yelling they're like yelling like, Come on, come on, get get your stuff together. And I think they thought it was on bulls, which is kind of funny in itself. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it wasn't, and I don't even know if they know no they knew that. Because on the very next play, another false start. And this one for sure was on Bulls. And then they lost it. And I think the reason they lost it is because it was two, they thought it was two in a row, even though it really wasn't. Yeah. But uh, I wrote about this in my story. I liked what I saw from Philip Lindsay. He had some, like, productive leadership. He was yelling at guys saying, like, come on, get your you-know-what together, blah, 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 blah. 
let's go. And, and he said that in the huddle, and it was like, oh, well, there's that Phil that I knew from CU. Anyways, I don't know what happened. And in a second, I'll theorize about what happened next. But then all of a sudden... Well, really, I think there was even a third penalty. Oh, really? I think there was maybe one was just... play and then a penalty. But, I mean, it was it was a brutal stretch. So, next thing you know, on the sidelines, you just hear a big old commotion. And I actually didn't have the angle. I was on the far side of the field. A lot of more people were uh, behind what was happening. But it's Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton throwing punches. And not just, like, shove punches. Like haymakers, according to those who were watching it. And they had to be set, like forcibly separated. Ron Leary, Ron Leary, a big old dude, had to like carry Cortland Sutton away from the the altercation. Derek Wolf and is over there pulling Emmanuel Sanders back. And again, we don't know exactly what happened, but I'll tell you what we heard. What the one thing that I can tell you for sure we heard was Emmanuel Sanders saying, I'm trying to get these guys right. You haven't proved blank in this league. Over and over and over again. Yep. And you know what face I made when I heard that? That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it is true. And so here's my theory. Again, this is a guess. I do not know for sure what happened. I don't think anyone does. I think Emmanuel Sanders came over to the offensive line. And maybe it was directly at Garrett Bowles, or maybe it was just at the group and was being very stern and, and, and serious and getting after them, uh, truly. And my guess, again, guess, is that Cortland Sutton stepped in and said, all right, that's enough. Don't do that. And that. Don't do that. And, and I can see why maybe he would have done that. I'm standing up for my teammates. I, I, I'm trying to tell Emmanuel to calm down. But then, obviously, something happened after that, whether Emmanuel said something or Cortland said something, and that's what sparked everything. That's my guess. And I think, I think you're spot on, on on that happening. And, Ryan, let's take a step, because some people may be saying, what's Emmanuel doing talking to Garrett Bowles or ta- talking to anyone non-wide receiver? Well, who else is going to talk to him? R- Ron Leary? We already know there's some tension between GB and uh, and good thing he's a right guard, not a left guard, Ron Leary. So probably not. Juwan James, he just got here. Uh, certainly not Dalton Reisner. Uh, running backs, probably not because they're, they're, they're young. Any receivers that aren't Emmanuel Sanders, absolutely not. They're young. Tight ends, come on. you got to be joking, thinking Jeff Hireman's going to step up and do something. So it comes down to Joe Flacco and Emmanuel Sanders. Or Phil Blinsey, too. Could be. It, it could be, but Phil just... You know, individually, he may not feel comfortable doing that yet, especially after he did it in the huddle to kind of everyone. Emmanuel is the veteran most or the longest tenured Bronco on the offense. So to me, that makes even more sense than Joe Flacco, especially because it, it it's during a practice, it's stepping in, it's it's not. I just feel like he's the person to do it, and he's also not as worried about like being friends with everyone. Exactly, and remember, he said that that. What was two months ago? He told us that he's not afraid to get on Garrett Bowles, specifically saying Garrett Bowles. So I'm not bothered by that at all, honestly. Emmanuel's with the ones this whole time when they're rolling. It's rolling, and then it, at least according to to the offensive players or their minds, they thought that Garrett Bowles just totally ruined it. And you know what? Just to to preview the rest of practice, it did 
totally ruin the rest of practice. And uh, that's, a, that's an important detail. We shouldn't skip over that. The offense never got back on track after that. Never. Never. And uh, then uh, Cortland separated by, by Ron Leary. You have Derek Wolf come over, talk to both those guys. Joe Flacco comes over, talk to both those guys. That didn't help. It, it didn't help. Emmanuel then later uh, grabs a water bottle or two out of the out of the equipment bag and throws him at Cortland. And it it was this part during practice where there's like a lot of players just lined up on each side of the field, not fully on the sidelines, kind of on the field in the back part of the field. And you see Emmanuel on one side of that line of players and Cortland just walking up and down on the other side, separated by one player each. And you're just like, this is still going on. This is still going on. The chirping's still going on. And uh, everyone's eyes were just on that because, Ryan, at that point, no one would have been surprised if one of them ran through the line and just went at it again. Yeah, and that's when you know it's a little bit different. A lot of people who weren't here, a lot of uh, analysts or um, people who talk about the Broncos a lot online who weren't here yep. were trying to tell people, oh, this, is, this happens. What, you, what is everyone freaking out about? Uh, this is just, it's training camp. This stuff happens. No, on multiple different levels. Yep. One, you, I've been here for four years. I've covered multiple uh, CU training camps before that. I've never in my life seen two guys in the same position group fight on a field. Have you? No. Okay. The other thing is usually it's just a quick little dust up, some pushing, some shoving, some yelling, some, uh, uh, some smack talking, yep. and then it's over. This was a lot more serious than that. And so first, th that's important to remember. Um, the other side of this is, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit here, but it's not, you can't be throwing punches. Like, by the way, it should be noted both of their helmets were off. Yeah. You can't be th like throwing punches like that. Is trying to hurt someone. Right. Think about that. Yep. Like, try to put that into your brain right now. Yep. You're trying to hurt, like, especially for Cortland Sutton. Because Cortland Sutton is reliant on Emmanuel Sanders. Sorry to say it. You're trying to hurt the guy who's going to allow you to have success this season? <laughs> yep. And so, and I wrote about it in my observations. This offense is completely different yep. when Emmanuel Sanders is on the field. Completely different. So, with that in mind... You cannot do that. You can. Can you imagine, Zach? Just let's just live in a world for a second where, where Cortland Sutton, with his extremely long arms and reach and power, hits Manuel Sanders in the jaw, breaks his jaw. Manuel Sanders is out for eight weeks or, or more. Can you imagine that? Not only could you could could, could I not imagine that storyline happening right now and Emmanuel Sanders out for eight weeks and how much that would hurt the team, but Ryan, one's got to go at at that point. It right. S That's seriously. what happened in New York with Geno Smith. Exactly. It, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't Geno. The, <laughs> the other guy. I don't even remember who it was. Yeah. The other guy had to go. No. No idea. And uh, I saw those as well. Uh, those comments about it just being another fight. Oh, it also happened in uh, Chicago. The Bulls. Uh, it was Bobby Portis and and Miritich. Mm, yeah. He, he broke Miritich's jaw. Man. And then it was a. Uh, I think it was actually Miritich who had to leave, which is actually messed <laughs> up. But you're right. If one of those things connects and something actually happens, 
you just like ruined your offense. And look, we've covered what two or three little scuffles. Uh, maybe you could call one of them a fight. This training camp already, and uh, we talked about it on the pod. We, we talked about what Vic said. We talked about what the players said. Uh, but you know what the players said right after it happened? Oh, it, it was Adam Gatsis gets on the podium after he just goes at, at it with Derek Wolf, and uh, Derek throws his helmet. And Adam just... No, it was McGovern. It was McGovern. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And McGovern just laughs it off, and, and they're joking at the end of practice. Um, so, and we didn't blow that out of proportion. No. N- not, not at all. We kept it exactly what it was. This was different for two reasons. Ryan, we talked to a former player who also played the receiver position, and he said not just in the receiver position, but any position he had never seen two guys in the same position group truly fight like these two were on the field. This guy was in the NFL for, what, 14 years? Mm -hmm. Something like that? So... That tells me, okay, he knows more than I do. I'm, I'm trusting him on that right away. And also, Ryan, and I don't know where you stand on this. I think this is a much, much deeper-rooted issue than just 30 minutes, an hour on the field yesterday. I think this goes way back. And this is something where we will be keeping our eyes on this. Okay, I want to mention one thing, and then I'm going to ask you a question. One thing I want to mention is Joe. after the second dust up Joe Flacco went up to each guy personally pulled them aside and was like eye to eye very close to them speaking with them and nothing else happened after that um I really like to see Joe be the leader there I thought he really did a good job diffusing things um the second time around and here's the other thing I want to ask you does this go back to uh Cortland Sutton's comments in the offseason that he's ready to be the number one receiver and it wasn't – I don't even think he ever mentioned Emmanuel in those things. Like, he just said, like, I'm the number one. 100%. That's exactly where it dakes back to. And remember Emmanuel's response when you sort of brought that up to him at his camp? Yep. It was testy. Yep. Essentially, Zach said to Emmanuel, how do you envision your role in this offense? And and Emmanuel said something along the lines of, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think I am? And yep. Zach came back, well, well, Cortland's been talking about how he's ready to be the number one receiver in this offense. And all Emmanuel said again is, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think I am? So, that was testy. And uh, I heard that that set Emmanuel off after we were done talking to him. And it, right, right after we were done talking to him, he gave me the wink, gave me a, gave me a handshake, gave, gave me the, yeah, I'm, I'm messing with you. But I heard just minutes after... He was pissed, and he was asking people, where did that question come from? Not not because he thought it was a bad question or an unfair question, but he, I don't know if he heard, he heard Cortland Sutton's comments at that point, and it was explained to him, and I can't imagine he took that well. And what was that? That was at the beginning of summer, so this has been boiling for two months now. And you want to know what? In the words of Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton hasn't earned mm. blank in this league. He does. Yep. Honestly, I don't believe he had the – I get – the mentality and i don't mind that i don't mind him thinking yeah he's gonna be the number one receiver yep probably shouldn't have said it or if you do say it hey then then you literally walk back in uh to to the wide receiver room that day and you say hey Emmanuel, do you hear what i said i'm coming for you man and in a joke and you just diffuse it right away but i don't from what i've heard i don't believe that happened at all so what's the what's what's the fallout of this does this get 
swept under the rug? Is it going to be awkward for them for a few days? I know there was uh, some reporting from Mike Kliss that says they shook hands after practice. According to a source? According to a source. I, I don't really care. Um, I, that didn't mean anything to me. What's, is this a problem? And j- just to add one more tidbit on this, like we said, McGovern talked. Wolf talked right after those oh, fights, yeah. and that's what typically happens. Cortland, not just, he didn't just talk. And Emmanuel didn't just not talk, or Cortland didn't just not talk. They went in different doors. They were, it's not like they were, they, they didn't put the media face on for, you know, holding hands or walking side by side or walking close to each other or walking in 10 steps after one or the other. No, they wanted nothing to do with each other. What do you think? So there was a long conversation with PR as the two walked over towards us. I, knowing what I know about Broncos PR, I don't think they just said, hey, just don't talk to the media. I agree. Um, so what do you think happened in that conversation? I think they tested the waters and immediately found out, okay, these guys aren't going to talk. I think what, what they said was, hey, do you want to talk? And they probably both said no. Or or it was, hey, if you're going to talk, here's what you should say. Right. And they both said, we're not talking. <laughs> and Cor- I kind of respected Emmanuel a little bit more. He at least walked by us yep. and said, come on, guys, you know I'm not talking. Yep. And he was kind of like laughing about it. Yep. And Cortland just shook his head and walked into the door opposite of the media. Yep. Um, I just wish I wish they would have talked. Oh, me too. Me and not too. because it's juicy, but I, we could have put this to bed today. Yep. And like, it, it, you imagine one or both of them will talk today, and then the the tensions have settled, and they've thought about it, and they'll give some good answers. But I don't think that's truly how they're going to be feeling, Ryan. Do you think they have to be friends? Does does their friendship affect this offense in any way? Yeah, they, them getting along does because they are the. I don't like saying Cortland's a leader of this group just because there's one leader in that room and it's Emmanuel Sanders by by far and away. If you have to, you know, give a second guy, then it would be Cortland, and you can't have your two best players in a position room just hate each other and, and expect to be successful. You know who I think it matters for? It only matters for one of these guys. It matters for Cortland Sutton. 100%. Cortland Sutton needs Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. Not only on the field, because he does. I'm sorry. He just does. He needs them in the room. Yep. He needs Cortland Sutton. He needs Emmanuel Sanders looking out for his best interest, teaching him this, teaching him that, you know, working together with him. And it is not a smart idea for a second-year player who, once again, has not earned blank in this league to ostracize his best resource for getting better. Exactly. And so you said outfall. What's going to happen? How does this get resolved if it does? It's all on Court and Sutton. If he wants to make amends, he's got to do that. I think Emmanuel would respect that. But come on, Emmanuel's not going to bend over backwards for, for this second-year guy that has 700 career receiving yards. That's not Emmanuel. And, you know, that that's probably not any 10-year vet in the league, but it's certainly, certainly not Emmanuel Sanders. And... Uh, it's going to be entirely on Cortland to, to at least make it functional in, in that room. He's going to have to swallow his pride, and yep. um, that's, a, that's a, a big thing to swallow, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Large pride yes. to swallow down. Yes. Uh, and, and I'll just share this because I, I think everyone deserves to know. I made a little joke after this happened, and I said, both of these guys aren't the easiest people to like, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> they don't like each other. Yep. So. Yep. 
Anyways, uh, aside from that, which it's hard to even think of other things that happened at practice yesterday because that really stole the show. We mentioned that after that, the offense was never the same, uh, which is a shame because they were off to such a hot start. Um, the other things I would mention would be Theoretic was a standout again, I think. Uh, he had one of the bigger plays of the day, which was, uh, you know, he kind of leaked out of the backfield, caught a pass in the flat, took off, and would have had a chance to score a touchdown. There were a few defenders around, so maybe just a 35-40 yard gain. Next thing, Kareem Jackson. Woo! Two pick sixes on the day. Two for 22. Yep, yep, one for each of his numbers. Um, both of, off of Joe Flacco, both uh in coverage of running backs and the first one man this that this that one blew my mind he was as extended as one can be without diving and and the impressive part is one that he made the catch and then he kept his feet and was able to turn it back and go score yeah he the juice in the secondary and then ryan you and i talked to justin simmons as he was walking off the field and uh, talk about being in a different, in, in the complete opposite mood as Emmanuel and Courtney yesterday. Huh. Justin was just, was awesome. And what did he say? Did he say five? He has five. He has camp. five. And, and he said, Kareem's coming up. And uh, it was friendly, it, the friendly competition they have. And it got me. I think this could be a, a, a ball hawking secondary like we haven't seen in quite some time in Denver because corners they can obviously make big plays they can jump routes i expect chris to do that a lot this year uh and and of course when you have a keep he's great at making plays on the ball but safeties are really where you get uh the the x factors if you have a a, a weapon at safety that can read where where the ball is going and jump it that's where you you really take your defense to a whole new level and justin simmons and kareem jackson are both looking like that so far it's, it's easy to get excited about what this defense could be under Vic Fangio. And you see their second, third, and fourth teams give up just 10 points in a game. Uh, obviously, on Thursday, I don't even know if that's been discussed enough. They were dominant out there. Yep. It, was, it looked ugly for the, for the Falcons. I joked early in the game. I said, Tom McMahon said there's going to be a different punt returner on every punt. Well, I better start getting warmed up because it looks like they're going to punt a lot. <laughs> uh, 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 By the way, Tom McMahon lied to us. Twice. 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 He lied to us. Not only did he lie to us twice, his lie came up twice because Nick Williams had two returns and Kelvin McKnight had two returns and Brent, three times and Brendan Langley had two returns. <laughs> I feel disrespected. Yep, I do too. Thanks, Tom. In a time like this, all I can do to calm down is have a damn good beer from Breckenridge Brewery. I think you say punch someone. Oh, no, no. <laughs> That's not me. I, I you know... When I have problems, I don't fight them away. I just drink them away. There you go with damn good beer. <laughs> yeah, with damn good beers. Um, you got the vanilla porter. You've got the Irish stout if you just want a little dessert beer. Uh, Strawberry Sky, that could be a breakfast beer mm. if you want one. That's what I need right now is a nice little breakfast beer. Uh, Avalanche Amber Ale is kind of more of your classic dinner beer. Whatever the occasion, whatever the time, whatever you need, there's a damn good beer waiting for you from Breckenridge Brewery. And I highly recommend you check them out. I know a lot of you already have. And that's great to hear uh, because you guys are being enlightened upon the greatness that is Breckenridge Brewery. So keep sending us your pictures. Keep sending us your comments, whatever it is, whenever you have a Breckenridge beer. I guarantee the folks over at Breck 
are very happy that they uh, joined up with us because of those uh, stuff, all that stuff that you're sending us. So thank you guys. Uh, let's take a quick break to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD enriched coffee. That has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. What you'll find is that this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis. It's even helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee itself is rich and tasty. So check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, Zach. Well, I'm sure there will be a few questions about what we talked about there in the first segment, but why don't we hop in... Uh, to what we have here from the fans, and, and uh, you're looking out at the field. So why don't you share with me why you're looking yeah, out at the field? Yeah, little, little interesting observation, and it would only be – it's only relevant because of what happened yesterday, so I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion. But, Ryan, the second – of course, the first player out on the field we know was River Craycraft because he always is. The third player out on the field was, of course, Drew Locke because he wears number three and is Drew Locke. The second player on the field today was Emmanuel Sanders. Huh. That's he doesn't need to do that. He, no. And it's not like he does that every single day. So, we are 15 minutes away from the start of practice and uh, never mind. Cortland just ran onto the field, but I was going to say is he this isn't practice, but is he missing missing some important stuff, but he just ran on. What's what's interesting to me is you just said it. We're 15 minutes away from the start of practice. They're practicing already. Yeah. They're going through a walkthrough as we speak 15 minutes before they need to. The offense is the only ones out here. There are no orange jerseys on the field. All white jerseys out here getting ready. What, what, what would you call They're getting ready for practice? They're they're practicing before getting ready for practice to practice. And by the way, no um, shoulder pads on today. No, su- no surprise. This is uh, like a day before a game practice, even though they have tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's their travel day, so this is their last practice. So it's going to be very similar to last Tuesday's practice. All right, let's get to the questions. All right, the first one comes in from our most interesting new commenter, <laughs> Count Flacula. He says, vampire, or in this case, training campire, noun. The reanimated body of a once-dead quarterback, believed to have come from the grave at night and sucked the blood of free agent acquisitions who are asleep. <laughs> Gosh, I wish we had more night games, Flacula says. In the meantime, I'll be biting Theo Riddick and allowing him to reinvigorate his career. What would you two like to see from Riddick stat-wise to prove our reanimation a success? <laughs> Love the count. <laughs> really committed to this bit. Um, boy. So for the season, what do we want to see from Riddick? Yeah. Got to be 400 receiving yards, right? 350. That's a lot. Remember, there was a season where they didn't even have a guy at 300 as their third best. Okay, but Devontae Booker had, I believe, 250 receiving yards consistently his three years. Maybe I'm thinking rushing yards. Maybe I'm so off. No, I think you're right there. I yeah, was thinking- and, I mean, he's not a big money guy. 300, he has to be at least 300. You'd like to see 400. He trended down the past, I think, two or three years. You want to see him just, just trend back up a little bit. Hang on, I need to do some math here. I'm going to get the calculator out. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I say 50 receptions. That at least. That's three a game. Right. According to my calculator. And in those 50 receptions, I, you'd like to see uh, – it's hard for a running back, but you'd like to see him average somewhere up near 10 yards a catch, right? Yeah. That's where you want guys to be. 
Well, if he's able to do that, that's 500 yards. So we'll come back. We'll say you want him to average seven or eight yards a catch. That gets you in that 350 to 450 range. I think if he does that, you consider it money well spent. Okay, so he had a fantastic year in 2014 or in 2015 when he had almost 700 receiving yards. Outside of that, what was he averaging per catch that year? 8.7. Okay, so yeah, you're not too far off. And then the other years, sixes and sevens, and, and in the eights as well. Uh, but every other year, I'm going to leave out his rookie year as well. 316 receiving yards on 34 catches, 53 receptions for 371 yards, 53 receptions again for 444 yards, and 61 receptions for 384. So 400 is, is what he's – between 350 and 400 is what he's going to get you. Real quick, does Jake Butt count as a practice participant if he is serving on the scout team defense in a walkthrough? <laughs> no. No. All right. Uh, yeah, I think anywhere from 300 to 500 on a somewhere near 50 catches, you would consider that money well spent. Yep, yep. It's got to be at least I think he could go much higher than that. That'd be wild. He could. He could. All right, next one coming in from Down the Gucci. says, greetings, gentlemen. I see you're asking the hard-hitting questions. Do bugs have lungs? Instead of lungs, insects breathe with a network of tiny tubes called trachea. Tra trachea. So, there you have it. No lungs, just tubes. Aren't lungs just tubes? There are a bunch of tubes, so maybe they just don't have... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Whoa, speaking of bugs, we got a... Uh, wow, it's, it was summoned from behind the no-smoking <laughs> sign. It heard us talking about his, uh, his or her... Breathing. Fellow, yeah. <laughs> it's lack of lungs. Was that a butterfly or a moth? I'm going butterfly just for... For your sentiment. sanity? <laughs> exactly. Thanks for the uh, information. <laughs> Timely information. He says, I kind of wish our receivers would save their animosity toward each other for their opponents. Brawling on the sidelines is just not a good look. Almost a worse look than Zach's tweet description of Fangio forcing them to kiss and make up in the huddle. That wasn't your description. It was not my description. That was Kareem Jackson's exactly. description. I just passed on the information. People have a hard time with that. I'm not going <laughs> down the gooch here. A lot of times you tweet something that someone else said. And someone will come after you. Right. Yep. 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 And then he goes that. on and and takes takes even more. He says all this kissing makes me think you guys might be watching too much Bachelorette. Speaking of, hey, you brought it up. BIP. <laughs> it debuted last night, and let me tell you, not as good. Mm. Not as good as the uh, the main product there. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. But with that being said, still entertaining. And it's every Monday and Tuesday night. Woo. I'll be watching. Two-hour specials? Two hours. Man. That's I cannot not believe how much money they're making Honestly, off of this. Honestly, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do my homework and watch it. I just totally forgot until three minutes left. And I walked by a neighbor's place and saw it was on. And was like, oh, I missed it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It just good. not as good. Not great. Okay. Just not as good. Uh, I'll, be t I'll be tuning in, though. By the way, speaking of... Hard Knocks starts tonight. I got to figure out how to watch. If you guys know how I can watch Hard Knocks, like maybe you have a little HBO Go password that you can share with hey. me. Hit up my DMs so I can come on here tomorrow and talk about how great it was and because you guys are going to watch it too and you're going to want to know. Exactly. So hook hook your boy up. He says, what I learned from today's pod is math is hard. That's correct. Ryan's interruption saved me from Zach's stirring rendition of Let It Go. So thanks for that. Were you about to sing? I was. I, I did sing. You didn't Don't. You didn't uh, pick it up. No, couldn't have been good then. Yeah. Here's my question. Is the no-fly zone back? I know, loaded question. I asked because the secondary has looked really good so far. Either that or the QB play looks suspect. 
I choose to believe the secondary is just that good. Touch wood. The secondary is really good. Really, really good. Yep. Um, it's not going to be called the no-fly zone, though. We are putting that to bed. So are you cool with that? Yeah, we're going to do no-fly zone 2.0. <laughs> I think the whole defense needs a nickname. Bear with me here. So we've already got the Mile High Mafia, right? That's, you know, just the squad. That's with, with Fangio and Scangarello and Donatel and Flacco. Yeah. That's the Mile High Mafia. Okay. Defense, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? The Hitmen. Oh, I like it. I like it. But what do you think of this? Damn good defense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Is that the first time I've got approval on like a nickname from you? Damn good. That was damn good. <laughs> Maybe um You could even throw Denver's in front of it. Denver's damn good defense. That's damn good Denver. You can just do it on anything. <laughs> you could. <laughs> that might become a thing. Mm. BSN Denver. Damn good sports coverage. <laughs> I love Damn it. good community. I love it. <laughs> Damn good culture. Damn good shirts. So you try to give this slogan to Breck, but it's actually too good to, to let it to let it go. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, wow. Damn good defense. It's it's a little bit close to our friend Brandon Perna. It is. That's it good. Is. It is. That's good Broncos, but it's better. So sorry, sorry Brandon. <laughs> we love you. Um, anyways. The Hitman, though, it's kind of it's kind of dirty. It is. It is good. It is I like good. It. I like it. All right. Uh, let's we move have on. we have a novel coming in from Nacho Brad. Bruh. <laughs> Come on. This is like the the Blake Street Tavern nachos of comments. <laughs> so big you don't even know what to do with it. And we've got a lot of comments here, so we gotta we gotta roll through these. All right. Here we go. First, apologies beforehand for taking this to a serious place. Uh oh. I know some people look to sports as an escape from the real world, and in many respects, it is. But it's also a community. Sports is where a bunch of guys and girls can come together from literally all over the world. White, black, Hispanic, Swedish, Australian, New Hampshire, not a place. We can all come together and find a fraternity in something where otherwise it may not exist. We can hate the Raiders together. We can all accept that Lindsay is the best fantasy football option this year above anyone else together. We can all laugh at our Super Bowl victories and together and cry over the inability to cover tight ends together. And I, for one, am proud to be a member of this community, despite my position as last in relevance. <laughs> you guys and girls are my escape. This weekend was difficult for me, as I'm sure it was for many of you. So much hatred, so much anger. I can't pretend to understand any of it. I was just numbed by the nonstop coverage and carnage. This post isn't about politics, policies, or ideologies, though. I'll save that for Reddit. This post is about the light. The one shining light in this sea of darkness was hearing the stories of the first responders who ran towards the gunshots and others who ran for cover or stayed to shield their loved ones, their children, and even children not their own. Watching the video of the officer outside the bar in Ohio rushing outside to engage the subject while others pushed past him within seconds of the first shot, well, it humbled me to live alongside such heroes. Some of you may not be aware that some law enforcement agencies, especially smaller ones, can't afford to equip their officers with body armor. Or if they do, they often provide the first vest. But subsequent vests may not be paid for by the may may be paid for by the officer himself, if and when they can afford to replace it. With time, the vest expires and lose their effectiveness, and they are not cheap. Due to our fantasy football leagues this year, we, the BSN listener community, are going to be able to donate $800 to Shield 616, a Denver-based charity that exists to provide armor to first responders so that they continue to stand beside us, not beside us, but ahead of us. The shield between our community and the darkness. I have no affili affiliation with the charity. I've heard about them probably the first time you did, when Von Miller made a donation to them last year. 
but I can't think of a more worthy cause, now more than ever. Thank you, team, for allowing me to laugh and cry with you. I'm so proud to be able to facilitate this donation, and I'm proud to be a part of this community. If anyone wants to add to the contribution on behalf of the listeners, you can email me at bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. We can add to the donation. Last in relevance, but first in your hearts. Oh Nacho my Brad. goodness, Nacho Brad, that was that's powerful, man. That that is so powerful. I've got goosebumps. So if I do too. If you're I gonna give a long time. comment. That's the right one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to uh, put pen to paper on that. And I think, as he mentioned, it's not about politics or policies or anything else. Everyone can agree uh, that that there are real life heroes in this world. And uh, and we're lucky enough to have people like that that want to protect us. And Nacho Brad, you did a, g- a great job of picking Shield Six One Six as our charity this year. Completely agree. Okay, let's move on here. It's going to be tough, but uh, from Sunny Rain, he says, "I see Sutton is out here about to get beat up. Dude has a lot to learn in a short time to learn it." Uh, <laughs> yep, that's a good way to put it. Who would you take? Emmanuel. Easy. Don't even ask me again. Who would you take? You got to go with the one who just has that. Uh, yep. He feels like he has a, just a little more edge. Scrappy. Yeah. And a fight. That's that's a good word for a fight. Mr. Freeze says they have to practice these fights in the preseason so they're ready for the real fights in the regular season. <laughs> All great <laughs> fighters have to train. You think Tlaib just knew how to rip someone's chain off? No, he had to practice it and perfect it <laughs> in the offseason. That's good. Next one from Dan Burke says, Ryan, just listen to Zach By talk about the special teams incident with Elijah Holder yesterday. He said you were the witness. What happened? Can you share what you saw and what do you think caused it? Sounds like a lack of respect for the assistant special teams coach. I don't want to get roped into this, um, <laughs> but I appreciate my guy Zach for mentioning my name. Um, basically, they were doing a special teams drill with the assistant special teams coach, and Zach is actually the one who pointed it out to me that he, the special teams coach was like, on the hop, boys, let's go. Let's get ready. And everyone just kind of walked over there. And that was just kind of the start of what Zach aptly called the loss of an inch. They gave up an inch in this drill, and there's there's always part of me that like wants to sympathize with the players. It's like, did they really lose an inch because they didn't go full effort in a special teams drill in in a hot day? But I also sympathize with what Zach was saying, which was it was an inch. Um, the the drill itself was just sloppy, and there was a former NFL player also standing by us who was livid, honestly livid, watching them go through this drill led by the assistant special teams coach, and and. It was just like he was trying to fire them up and get them to give 100% effort, and they were giving maybe 75. And the very last rep was with Elijah Holder, and he uh, – 50% would be a generous um, amount. And for an undrafted rookie – You haven't done anything. Talk about not having earned anything in this league. At least Corden Sutton has 700 yards to his name. You don't. You have a you have a preseason game in which you dropped an interception. Um, yeah, he didn't give much effort at all. It was it was a terrible rep to the point where the former NFL player standing next to us literally yelled. Wow. <laughs> and it was uh, it was a bad bad look, a really bad look, and the special teams coach got right in, right up to him and said, don't you dare quit on me. Mm. And I didn't like the reaction I saw after that either. So that's, mm. the, uh, that's the, uh, the story there. 
Not it was a an good, inch. It was an inch. Not a good day, I say. And that's why the Broncos, Vic, huddled the team up after the first team period, mainly because of Emmanuel and Corton, but also it was just a very sloppy first uh, first segment of practice. And speaking of death by inches, Vic was asked if the fight between Emmanuel and Corton was death by inches, and he said, uh, yeah, maybe. I would not have, have been fine if he just said no, because I don't think that's what the definition of death by inches is. Position fighting and I what mean, that it's means? it's not good. I just don't think it fits into the death by inches narrative. You don't think so? I it feel hurts like death, him. death by inches is more about attention to detail. Not that's like a different problem that that goes away from death. In my opinion, okay. Death by inches is is slacking off in a drill. Okay. That to me is death by inches, and I I felt bad for the coach trying to lead that drill because it just it didn't feel like the players were showing him respect. Yeah, and that that can't not that cannot happen. Yeah, you're being paid a lot of money. Even if you're Elijah Holder, you're being paid a lot of money to be out here. You're a professional now. It's true. If that happens in college, well, it happens. You're a college kid. You are a professional. Yep. You're expected to give professional effort at all times. And I'm not just getting on Elijah Holder because it wasn't just him. Not at all. And like I said, a former NFL player literally told Will Parks to go tell him that was BS. Mm. So he, he was like personally upset by the effort level in that in that drill. Wow, wow, that's no good. Next one from Lone Star Broncos says, hey guys, yes, diet sodas all as well as zero calorie sodas or no carb calories or fat. Terrible, although terrible for you. I use them for easy outs while counting macros. Propel flavored water is also a great change up from water. Yeah, I've been going with the Propel, also the Powerade Zero mm. or Gatorade Zero. There you go. I don't like soda. So like me drinking that soda was a last resort <laughs> uh, because it was that or not be able to do my job. You don't have to worry about that today. Broncos bringing out a barista for us today. Last time I tweeted that, someone was like, they make coffee, so they're a barista? Does that make me a barista? <laughs> I'm like, do you just log on and just like say, what can I disagree with today? Do you not like life? I just don't you're understand. Not, you're clearly, he's clearly not rolling with us on a daily basis. You know what my response wanted to be, but I just try not to be an a-hole on Twitter. Have some coffee? I wanted to be like, I throw footballs. Does that make me a quarterback? <laughs> What's the difference? Right. If right. you do it professionally, you get the title. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he goes on and says, next, I love hearing y'all's voices, but I'm all for anything that gets us more alley. Wow. Did y'all see any players <laughs> receiving reps with a higher or lower team due to Thursday's performance, such as Draymond Jones or Malik Reed? Um, sorry, I, I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> All I hear is Ali, Ali. That's coming from the fans. <laughs> uh, did any players receive more reps of the higher or lower team due to Thursday's performance? Drew Lock. Actually, both of the, oh, Drew Lock. Well, that was not that due? not not due to performance, but they're they're getting them in there. I think both Draymond Jones and Malik Reed got rewarded for their performances. Yep. and I think we'll really see it on Thursday. And you wrote a story about it, so subscribe exactly. to bsndenver.com using the promo code Broncos Camp. An update on that, Zach. A big update on that. We needed 20 yep. yesterday. Let me actually give a live update here because we uh -oh, never know what happens in the morning. Here we go, 918. We needed 20. Denver time, Mountain Daylight time. We, had, we counted five days, right? We needed 20 in five days. The people came. Oh, my God. The people came through. Tell me. We needed 20, and we got 13 in the first, first, first day. I was thinking about this on my walk in today. No, sorry, 11. Sorry. That's close. <laughs> we need your help because Ryan, I don't know how long I could last on a hunger strike. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling my girlfriend about this <laughs> last night. And uh, she, she felt the same way about me going on a hunger strike. She's like, eh. But I feel like keto like might as well be a hunger strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So we have nine more. In to tie it. Four. Okay. Nine to tie. You guys really came through. Like the people responded to that message a lot. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's just do it by the end of the day. I agree. Before Seattle. Let's just get it done today. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Take so, care of it, and then let's blow this damn thing out of the water. And remember. Broncos camps the code. You get us. You're flipping us a nickel each each day, and uh, you get a shirt of your choice. A beautiful, clean, comfy, awesome shirt. And the shirt is worth the cost of the subscription. The s- subscription is certainly worth the worth the cost of the shirt. Yep. You're, those two things are canceling out. It's, b- it's basically you're getting everything for free. Ex- I think. Exactly. <laughs> you're just paying for the podcast, and the rest is free. All right. Next one coming in from Bronco Duck says, "What's up, guys? While watching the Hall of Fame game, I thought Kalfani Kal- Muhammad <laughs> reminded me a lot of D'Angelo Henderson. Hmm. Sadly, similar to Henderson, it looks like he's going to be one of the odd men out. If the Broncos were on Hard Knocks this year, I think Muhammad would be that one guy every season that the audience roots for, but ultimately doesn't make the team." I read an article that Paxton Lynch was talking about how amazing the Seahawks culture was and how they treated their players like family. Ultimately, felt like it was a very passive-aggressive way of taking a shot at our Broncos. Mm. My question is this. Since we've had a few weeks of training camp, what similarities and differences have you noticed between Paxton Lynch and Drew Locke Stop. regarding how they practice and how they prepare for practice? Thanks, guys. We already <laughs> determined. It's like blood. You aren't allowed to say Paxton Lynch and Drew Locke in the same sentence on this podcast. And the reason is because they look totally different they're okay. completely different is it wednesday no tuesday oh. friday well i'm not gonna get mad <laughs> no no i am gonna get mad you know what paxton lynch shut up here's the thing you come in here as a first round pick there are expectations of you there are higher expectations of you than anyone else who came in that year you are expected to come in and be professional. You are expected to come in and work your tail off. And you, honestly, were expected to come in here and rescue this team because they didn't have a quarterback. Remember, when he was drafted, the conversation was he's going to come in and be the starter. Was it not? Yep. John Elway said on the radio the day after he was picked, I think he's a lot more ready than people believe. That was him telling us we think he's going to start this year. So guess what, Paxton? There was a lot asked of you. You know what you came in and did? Nothing. You came out here, you looked like trash in practice, you didn't come in here and put in the work, and you let down the entire team. So pardon them if they didn't think you were a part of the family because you let them down. And you know what? When you go to Seattle and you're just some scrap heap off the street who comes in and no one expects anything of you because Russell Wilson is the damn quarterback of the team, sure, everyone's going to be a lot nicer to you. Because no one, no one needs anything from you. You're not the savior anymore. You're the little brother. You're the you're the cute little brother. Exactly. And that that that's it. So you did a great job. I'll just echo everything that you said. It's it's he's crying about nothing. Like if Brett Rippon wasn't putting in the work right now, would it be a story? No. 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 Not we at wouldn't all. even notice really. Because there's no microscope on him. Exactly. When you're a first-round pick, a lot more is expected of you. Don't don't act like the victim. The victim 
unfortunately, is the Broncos. And a part of it is their fault. So they're not fully a victim here because it was their fault for misevaluating Paxton Lynch. Yep. But the other victim is Broncos fans. Exactly. And you know who the biggest victim is? Us. No. Oh. <laughs> the guys in that <laughs> locker room. Because, like I said, they were let down. Right. The, these guys work their tails off for each and every win on the field. And to come in and, and not match that work ethic is a slap in the face to every guy who's ever put on the uniform. Very, very, very well said. Next one from Illinois Broncos says, Hey, guys, heard you talking about Madden yesterday, and Philip Lindsay definitely got the credit he deserves. Sadly, I can't say the same for Vic Fangio. Fangio has a great defensive scheme, and I was looking forward to using it in Madden 20. However, as I scrolled to the Broncos' defensive playbook, my jaw dropped. It was Vance Joseph's name next to the defense instead of Fangio's. (laughs) I figured it was just a typo and decided to pick the defense anyway. Things just continued to get worse. As I was playing the game, the commentators referenced Vance Joseph as the head coach instead of Vic Fangio. At that moment, I lost all motivation to continue playing. This has been all over social media, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. Just thought I'd express my frustration. I actually didn't know that. Uh, I saw a screenshot of the whole playbook thing. Holy cow. Yeah, that's just a, like, if you're going to mess one up, don't mess up the Broncos, but put it, the guy that like is like public enemy number two behind uh, Josh McDaniels. Seriously. <laughs> By the way, Josh McDaniels had a slightly better winning percentage in Denver than Vance Jason. <laughs> that's rough. Uh, yeah, I, already, I just got mad. I don't, I don't have any more energy to get mad, but uh, that, that's embarrassing. All right, next one's from Iceman. He says, hey, boys, such a great Monday podcast as always. Yes, Ryan, it is Monday. No, it's Tuesday now. I just learned that. <laughs> said, one, Strawberry Sky, for you Colorado BSN Broncos fans, you can get it in six-pack at your local King Super, City Market, et cetera, et cetera. Great news. Yeah, it's great to live in the Mile High City, kids. Two, you had me laughing so hard I was squirting Keystone Ice beer from you-know-where all over my laptop. <laughs> oh, what? What was he laughing about? And where was he squirting from? And why was he drinking Keystone Ice? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Drink Breckenridge beers. You know what Keystone Ice is? A about, damn bad beer. About the worst beer you can get. <laughs> Actually, I love you, Iceman. It's my least favorite beer I've ever had in my life. I'm not kidding. Keystone Ice? Yes. Only only nat- warm Natty Ice was worse. Only time I ever uh, threw up from beer was because of wow. Keystone Ice when I was about 18 years old. Wow. Um... He goes on, threes for Mr. B, four. So when I get my next BSN purchase, I'll be able to rock the homegrown Mile High Salute and 58 Goat Soft T-Search. For years, I have needed to have shirts I could wear during the season when I do not wear a Broncos jersey. Boom! Thank you so much, BSN family. Five, I still believe we should get more Allie and Lindsay all the time. (laughs) Six, (laughs) boys, please don't scrap the Andre and Hank weekend podcast just because they're both busy. Heck, I'll come in and do them for the community. All right. Okay. Seven, the one and only John Elway. Eight, as your oldest but greatest new BSNer, I love being a part of something so special. A story. I tried to join another Broncos podcast site before BSN, and their payment site refused my card. Their loss, my forever gain. Go Broncos, Barry Paxton into CenturyLink Field, 72 hours from this second. <laughs> I love it, Iceman. Very well put all around. Next one from True Champ Fan. Ryan. They'll get real close to him like, like a family would. <laughs> Saving that for Twitter during the game. Ryan, we got to uh, speed up. They're doing something different at practice today. This is not a typical practice. W- what is it? I They're stretching right now in every other practice. They're like doing special teams drills right now. 
We're gonna we're gonna get some Drew Locks slinging the gun, slinging the ball pretty soon. All right. Next well. up from True Champ fans. That's a couple things. Zach, thanks for actually reaching back out on Instagram. It means a lot and shows how much you care about the listeners. RK, he's got some stones. Just absolutely freaking beautiful. Love you, y'all. And if you don't know what he's talking about, that was the pun I made on TV about balls and Vic Fangio. <laughs> Uh, real quick, before we go too much further, I want to tell you about our friends over at Winesur. Winesur's really doing some special things. They're the BSN of wine subscriptions. They're helping out the BSN of wineries, which are small wineries that aren't big enough to attract the attention of major retailers. If you think of the major retailers like ESPN, well, these wines are BSN. And Winesur picks out the best ones and gets them delivered straight to your door as a club member for free shipping costs. And, and that's after they send you a bunch so you can sample out which ones you like the best. Anyway, sign up today with the code BSN25, and you'll get $25 off your first shipment of wine. And then you can um, at least pretend like you're trying to be a grown-up. And, Ryan, speaking of the BSN of and, and the community and BSNs, Kale Sorbo chimes in and says, Hey, guys, thanks for supporting. Thanks for the support on Twitter today. Meant the world to me as a young guy trying to get started. And what he's referring to is he's doing phot photography in Denver, offering this great deal. Uh, and so make sure you reach out to him. If you need photographs of anything, uh, he put a few samples out there. They look great. Make sure you use him. Let's support our, our BSN brethren. The picture of, like, the girl sitting on the bridge. Yeah. That was high-quality stuff was. right there. It was. It was. Coming from you, too. That, that's impressive. He says, I fixed the GoFundMe link for the world tour. Sorry about that, everyone. I just got back from a month in Europe and was almost off the grid. I just caught up on pods and realized, go donate if you can. And we're like 1% of the way there. <laughs> so as long as we stay on this pace, we might be able to make it by next summer. We won't go on a hunger strike for this one. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he says, quick question. As injuries happen to every team every season, what injury do you think could completely derail the season other than oh quarterback? In other words, who is most vital Pounding to success? Wood. I'm touching wood. Wouldn't want to wish any injury on anyone. What injury completely derails the season? Um, what position are they the least? Do they have the least depth? Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. They can't. They can't uh, do anything without Emmanuel Sanders. That derails them. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. That's why you don't try to punch him. Exactly. <laughs> Next one from Kyle. And he says, hey, guys, Zach, I was very entertained by the story of your friend shotgunning beer. It sounded very relatable and also <laughs> reminded me of the time a dear friend's girlfriend tried her first beer bong only to have the contraption fall apart mid-use. Do you know this woman? I do. I do <laughs> know this woman. Her hair is very wet after. It just fell apart and the beer went all over her head. It's weird how both of our girlfriends are being talked about <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> He says, anyways, here's a Colorado water fun fact. Colorado Springs is the largest metropolitan area in the USA whose water source is 100% virgin water. If you take Highway 24 from Colorado Springs to Breckenridge, you may notice a red barn that looks big enough to house a football field. That is actually a pumping facility bringing water straight from the Continental Divide to the springs. Do you know what 100% virgin water is? Nope. It, well, interesting. And, hey. Maybe Breckenridge Brewery uses that water, and that's why it's damn good beer. It is damn good beer. From Otis Merriweather, which is a, just a fantastic <laughs> It says, hey, guys, I got my Philip Lindsay homegrown tea super fast. It's awesome, and it's so soft. I wanted to ask about something I saw on Twitter today about Sanders and Sutton getting into it. Just wondering if you knew any more about why those two went up after each other. I was wondering what Sanders' dynamic is with the rest of the wide receivers since he's a bit older than the rest of that group. Thanks. Yeah, it's – I mean, he's he's the guy that you follow. I feel like he's the strict teacher that you're like, ah, like annoyed by, but you actually learn from, so you respect them. Exactly. That's that, what I would describe him. That's exactly right. He's not some guy that you fight. 
<laughs> I wouldn't. Next one coming in from Lasagna Lance says, hey, guys, first off, you guys did it. I was that frugal freeloader listening to the pod, and after hearing dozens of pitches to come aboard as a subscriber, you finally gave the pitch that pierced my soul and made me a subscriber. It was when Ryan called out 20 of us that he knew for a fact were listening but not subscribing, and it was convincing enough to finally make me subscribe. Got him. Love it. Secondly, I, Lasagna Lance, will do whatever I can to keep my comments short for your guys' sanity, with the exception of this comment. Lastly, forgive me ahead of time for the for my horrendous grammar. We can't all be writers. Thank you for the hard work, guys. Look forward to the great content. Hey, you know what? Now that you're a subscriber, we'll we'll put up with that grammar. We will put up with that. I need to remember I need to figure out who was the person who said, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like my favorite quote and I just don't I don't know who said it. <laughs> Anyone wants to help me out there, go right ahead. Next one's from Broncos Sixers twelve thirty. Says, hey guys, new subscriber. Just listen to the last two podcasts, and my only reaction is to Ryan. Denver and Boulder are not the only two big cities in Colorado. <laughs> a little respect on mine and Philip Lindsay's hometown of Aurora, Colorado. I lived down the street from Philip forever. I also think this alone gives Aurora a big plus. Aurora is Denver. Exactly. Aurora is Denver. Aur- yeah. Denver metro area. Yeah. Which I mean, it is 100%. It's literally. Yeah. So. Shout out to Aurora, I guess, but <laughs> they still count in the Denver. What game. about, come on, give a shout out to Westminster, Ryan. What about Highlands Ranch? <laughs> no, we know Highlands Ranch just, can't be included. I know, that was the point. <laughs> what about um, Erie, Colorado? Definitely not. That That's a place with bad water. You think so? Yes. Man, that's eerie. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. And finally, I think, buzzer beater. Boop, 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 boop. No, not a, a buzzer beater. Was actually. this a uh, typo here? We'll find out. Because you told me it said just wanted a shirt. That's not what it says. <laughs> oh, wow. It says just wanted a. Uh, you haven't done blank. <laughs> it's the blank. What's up, guys? New subscriber here. Couldn't pass up on a chance for a free shirt. Uh, so what's right? I, I, you might want to go uh, <laughs> check out what you actually made well, your he, username. He talks about it. He says, sorry about the username. I wanted to write shirt. Oh. And it auto-corrected, <laughs> LOL. But I'm glad I subscribed. I listen to you guys every day out here in California. Keep up the good work, and thanks for all the work you guys put in. All right, speaking of California, next one here oh. is from Cali Man Bronco. Oh, buzzer beater? I got two. Oh. <laughs> guys, long-time listener, first-time subscriber. I cannot wait to get my Von Miller goat shirt. I've enjoyed all the podcasts, and I've loved the training camp coverage. I'm looking forward to the coverage of the games and all the extra insider f- information. Here's my question. Do you think Vaughn is going to have a record-setting year this year? With Vic raving about Chubb, the media showing love to Chubb, coupled with the fact that Vaughn has discreetly confirmed he did not go 100% last year. Did he say that? Yeah. I can't imagine he said that. Yeah. I'm expecting to come out with a, this is my house, I want to be DPOY, I want that sack record, I am the Super Bowl 58 MVP, I will remind them mentality. I love your approach, but no, I don't think this is a record-setting year for him. I don't think he Record-setting breaks- year for Vaughn and Chubb? Yes, that's that's where I go. Is is those two? What, what the, they could do together? I wonder what the most by a duo is in Broncos history. Was it them in last Broncos year? Broncos history. We'll have to research that. All right, from Colorado sports fan, the last one here. Nope. Hey, there's more. Yep. Hey, what up, guys? <laughs> I'll jump into the questions. There's a fight between Sanders and Sutton. Dude, is Sanders telling Sutton he can't be the number one wide receiver if he can't catch the ball? Oh, he's asking. Was that why? Eh, kinda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's an important thing to do. It's one of those things you have to prove. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Ryan, burr, 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 burr. buzzer beater, coming in from Bronco Brawler. Brawler. Well, that's a mouthful. Bronco Brawler. Bronco Brawler. 
Just like Sutton and Sanders. <laughs> he says, hey, guys, it's been a while since I have commented, and I finally made a unique name because this is a cool enough community that I figured I should come up with something original instead of my CUID. First off, buffs. That DU's ID is a DUI. DUID. DUID. <laughs> Driving under the influence of drugs. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Is yep. that actually a thing? Or is it just a still a DUI? DUI. Ah, that's a good question. Huh. Anyways. He goes, oh, no. D U I D U I D D U I D driving right. under the influence of drugs. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that that threw me for a loop. Or driving under the influence of damn good news. <laughs> Don't do that. Ta- be be safe out yes. there. <laughs> Drink responsibly, my friend. First of all, Ryan, I wanted to let you know I will be staying in Frisco for ten days, and I plan to play the Raven Golf Course at least once while I'm up there. After how highly you recommended it. Any advice? Play it more than once. That's my <laughs> advice. No Broncos stuff for now. Just hadn't commented in a while, so figured I would. Keep up all the amazing work you guys do, RK and Zach. Thank you, man. And uh, good luck on the Raven. It's it's tough, but scoreable. It's fun. It's it's amazing. You'll, I love it. You'll enjoy Frisco, too. Oh, yeah. Great great spot. Any more? That's it. No more, no more boat horns? Mm, nope. All right. Let's uh, wrap this up here as practices well underway. In fact, there are players practicing right in front of us who could probably hear us talking right now. So, with that in mind, we're going to wrap things up on the BSN Broncos podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, for subscribing, for getting your free t-shirts, for drinking Strava Craft Coffee and damn good beers and everything else that you do for us. We love you, and we'll catch up with you soon. It's getting me down Waiting up for you Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. 
They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with the circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.